Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. And in today's journey through history, we're going to take a look at a very special lady who became a historian very late in life and actually chronicled a lot of the early history of Battle Creek and in many ways created a culture of affinity for history through a lot of historians that came behind her. And she was the inspiration to many groups like the Battle Creek Regional History Museum and the Battle Creek Historical Society and many other authors that have read her works since that time. And her name was Bernice Bryant Lowe. So I'm going to take you on a journey through her life and tell you a little bit about who she was and give you a little bit of insight into how much her work meant to the city of Battle Creek. So come along and join me. So if you get a chance to visit the Battle Creek Regional History Museum, you'll see a portrait of Bernice Bryant Lowe inside the History Education Center. She also has her portrait at the Kimball House Museum, which is operated by the Battle Creek Historical Society. So she has a place of honor among anyone who studied history in Battle Creek. She was born Bernice Jones in Flint, Michigan in October of 1896. And she graduated from Holland High School in 1913. From 1914 to 1917, she attended Hope College. She met her husband, Stanley Tilton Lowe, at Mackinac Island in 1916, and they fell in love. She went on to graduate from the University of Michigan in 1918. The same year, Stanley went off to the Great War in France and served for three months as a private, and when he returned, he went to the University of Michigan, and from 1919 to 1921, Bernice taught English at Battle Creek Central High School. She stopped teaching in 1921, when Stanley and she were married. He had graduated with a chemical engineering degree, and they moved to Appleton, Wisconsin, where he worked with the Kimberly Clark Company until 1924. They later returned to Ann Arbor, and Bernice went back to school and received a master's degree from the University of Michigan in 1926. And in 1928, Stanley graduated from U of M, from the medical school, and he was now Dr. Stanley Lowe. And so they moved back to Battle Creek in 1929, and Stanley would practice medicine in the city until 1965, which was over 35 years. And he himself was an incredible fixture within the community as a legacy doctor that was well-respected, and obviously he saw lots of patients in his time. And Bernice became a freelance writer and speaker, and she wrote her first book at that time on a fourth-grade text called Hello, Michigan, which was published in 1939. Now, this book, Hello, Michigan, is not a very easy book to find in print, and I actually found a reprint company reprinting this edition out of India, of all places, and I bought myself a copy about a year ago. And it's on my list of many books to read through, but I hope to do some kind of a program at the Battle Creek Regional History Museum based on that book at some point in the future. But anyway, she told students 
the story of Michigan within the pages of Hello, Michigan. And it takes the reader all over the state in somewhat of a grand tour. It was such a big hit with the publisher that they approached Bernice and they wanted her to do an entire series of this type of book, one for every state in the country. But she declined because she was raising a family and wanted to devote time to her children. So in 1943, at the age of 44, Stanley was drafted as a medical doctor into World War II. He was present at the capture of the Remagen Bridge in Germany, and he received the Bronze Star for his work with four other medical officers to save wounded soldiers during an enemy aerial attack. He also saw action at the Battle of the Bulge, and Bernice was quite proud of his service in the war for many years, and she often spoke about it. But it was after this point that her story really began to change, which she became most known for in the city of Battle Creek. One day in 1951, she was looking out her living room window from their home that was on Gogwak Lake. And she began to wonder what had come before her on those shimmering waters. She was 54 years old, and right then and there, she started her path to become a local historian. She was sometimes jokingly referred to it as a late-life obsession that she took on, and she was often characterized as having an unrelenting pursuit of Battle Creek lore. But the benefit was that she later wrote a very important book of her findings. And she also said that once you get the history bug, it really captures you, and that's really what drove her in her research she started with land abstracts on Gogwak Lake and began putting the word out to her neighbors and friends that she was in search of historical leads, large and small. She knocked on doors of her neighbors and even knocked on doors of people that she knew and ones that she didn't know and asked to rummage through their personal mementos of the Battle Creek region. And she continued on most of her adult life researching the early history of Battle Creek and Calhoun County, and also researching the individual lives of its early residents. And she was interested in not only the ones that had gained fame and notoriety, but even the ordinary people as well. So she went in search of information on the big serial magnets, and especially one of her favorites was Sojourner Truth, the 19th century abolitionist and temperance activist, that is so honored in the city of Battle Creek with a large statue today at the gateway to the city when you come down Interstate 194, also known as the Penetrator, into downtown Battle Creek. But she was very fond of Sojourner Truth uh, when she came across her in her research. And in later years, her daughter would say that she remembered her quoting Sojourner Truth around the house. If you've ever read any of the biographies on Sojourner Truth, you will find that she was quite a quotable lady. So she became an author at that point of a popular column in the Battle Creek Inquirer called Looking Back. So the newspaper, the Battle Creek Inquirer, employed her to write local stories of history. And she wrote many wonderful stories about her research in the community. And she used the pen name at that time, Bernice Bryant Lowe, when she wrote these articles. And over the years, she received numerous awards for her research and her writing, including national awards as the Outstanding Historian in Michigan from the American Association for State and Local History. She also received the Battle Creek Inquirer's 1958 George Award 
for her efforts to make Battle Creek citizens conscious of their rich heritage. She published her second book as a co-author, and it was entitled Everyday Play in French and English, and she published that in 1960. And it was a book for students in two languages, but her true passion was really history and discovering history in the community. So that was the last book that she ever wrote for children. She continued on her journey with researching local history, and she would go to service clubs and community groups and schools and basically anyone who would listen in search of details about local history. And she became very persistent. And if she was on the trail of a particular story and she found someone that had maybe a piece of information that was going to help her out, she continued to pester those people until she got the information that she wanted and they showed her the documents or whatever she was looking for so she could connect the dots in her historical research. Definitely a very passionate lady in the subject of, of finding the details of a story. And during this time, she also became very involved in the community in projects to preserve history. She was the one who asked the Kimball family in 1966 to donate the historic Victorian home to the community. And she managed to get the family to agree to this. And today, that home is the home of the Battle Creek Historical Society. And it's also known as the Kimball House Museum. And it's uh, quite a beautiful place to visit. It's right near the Battle Creek's YMCA building on Capitol Avenue Northeast. So Bernice became quickly known in the community as the attic archaeologist. And after word got around about her sleuthing, it made people smile and sometimes laugh when they heard her referred to as the attic archaeologist. And um, it also convinced a lot of families to allow her access to their attics so that she could rummage through their old photographs and their old newspaper clippings or whatever documents that they might have on their family's history. And following many of her stories that were written over the years in the Battle Creek Inquirer newspaper, she was approached by the publisher of the newspaper, Mr. Robert Miller Sr., in the early 1970s. And he asked her to write a book about Battle Creek's history for the upcoming bicentennial in 1976. So she was intrigued with the idea, and she began a massive project to bring all of her stories that she had researched into a single volume. And she wrote that book over the many months and years in preparation for its publication on everything from hand stationery to ordinary paper. And she mostly got a lot of the hand stationery from the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. And she had her husband, who is now a retired physician, type out the entire 291-page volume. And she wrote about Stanley in her acknowledgement section of the book, and it read, And to my husband, Stanley T. Lowe, whose ability as a critic and cook is only exceeded by his agility as errand boy and two-fingered typist. So it was a bit of tongue-in-cheek humor about Stanley's participation in helping her prepare the book. So she was 80 years old, and the book became her crowning achievement as a historian. And the book's title was Tales of Battle Creek. And you could still acquire a copy of Tales of Battle Creek. Uh, it is for sale in various places around town. The Battle Creek Historical Society and the Battle Creek Regional History Museums has copies for sale. 
And it covered everything from the history of local parks to the police departments to anecdotes about individual people. And it's a remarkable collection of little vignettes of history from all of her many layers of research on many topics within the community. And it was really a passion project of love that she had for the study of history that brought that book into its creation. And really, to her own amazement, the book sold thousands of copies within the community. And it still sells today in the bookstore of the museum and historical society and other places around town that carry local books on Battle Creek. And in 1976, she was given the Outstanding Local Historian Award by the Historical Society of Michigan for her epic work in producing this book. And so her book had a tremendous impact. It inspired a new generation of people to become interested in the history of Battle Creek. And it's still used today by historians and writers as a source to double-check facts and more often listen to the voices of the residents from times gone by. And they sometimes just sort of jump off the page when you're reading it. And I have to say for myself, as somewhat of a historian, you might say, I started out my travels into Southwest Michigan history by reading Tales of Battle Creek by Bernice Bryant Lowe. And it was the first book that I read on Battle Creek's history when I moved here 20 years ago. And it always rang as a source of wonderment for me to learn more about the community. And so many stories within the pages of that book stand out to me today. And occasionally I go back through and I reread entire chapters because it's such a collection of very interesting details that uh, it's just worth traveling through all of her interesting research. Now, it's different than other types of book that you're used to seeing today. The typesetting was different. It was 1976. It was pretty much hand typed together. And the anecdotes are collected from a, a various sources. And she does a good job of delineating where she got a lot of her material. And it's really um, just a little bit of a treasure trove, you might say, if you're looking to delve into... Battle Creek history on a more broad and general basis and looking for a good starting point to be inspired into different aspects of history, that is a great book to start with on Battle Creek history. And then in 1977, she actually recorded an audio version of the entire book, Tales of Battle Creek, for the regional library for the blind and handicapped in Detroit. Now, I have tried to find an audio copy of the book, and I don't know where that is or if it's been made available as an audio book, but that would be an interesting find to have made available within the community because audiobooks are really on the rise these days. And then in 1978, Michigan History Magazine wrote a review about Tales of Battle Creek, which sums up the book succinctly. And they said, should the serial city of Battle Creek ever have the occasion to list its treasures, let it not only mention cornflakes and health cures. Bernice Bryant Lowe is a city resource, and her sparkling Tales of Battle Creek, published during the Bicentennial, is evidence. So I think that's just a wonderful quote, in a way, sums up the entire book. So throughout her life... She was a big contributor to the Battle Creek Historical Society, and she really loved going to the Kimball House Museum. She passed away in 1983 at the age of 86, and they later unveiled a portrait of her at the Kimball House in 1984. 
And then in 2022, we added her to the walls of the History Education Center when we completed that project and put the portraits of history. In fact, I insisted that she be on that wall, and I don't think there was anybody that doubted that she had to be on the wall. Um, but it was a part of our collection of historians. There's probably about a half a dozen historians on the wall of that room, amongst many other types of people and professions. But we wanted to make sure we included some of the Battle Creek historians, and Bernice was at the top of the list. There was never a doubt that she was going to be featured on there for the legacy that she left behind. And I think she would herself say that she didn't write the entire history of Battle Creek. She gave us all a starting point. And I think that level of inspiration has inspired many people that have come behind her to write books on history about the local community. And her work was more of a watershed than anything else, and it is still an inspiration today. And like I said, I still refer to the book, and I know many other local historians do as well. And her book is often the source of a lot of talks and lectures around the community when it comes to history stories. So Bernice was quite a legend, and I just wanted to tell you a little bit about her story because she's such a special lady to me and many other people that I know. And I had not yet had time to feature her here on this podcast. But before we wrap up today, I wanted to share something very special with you. I have a small section of a recording from an interview that Bernice Bryant Lowe did. And I don't remember what year this was recorded. It was somewhere in the early 80s. And she was talking about just some of the details of one of the events or festivals or parades around town. And the recording is a little bit rough, so I'm only going to play a couple of minutes of it for you. But it is available at the Battle Creek Willard Library if you want to listen online. And I can include the link to that in the show note description so you can listen to the full episode if you'd like. But here's Bernice Bryant Lowe in her own words. What was the um, centennial celebration like in Battle Creek? Uh, that was tremendous. Uh, Mr. Brigham, who was in the, in the Human Museum, and had just been placed there, they had just been given the Human Museum, and they had room at that time for quite a few things. And he and his son, and the historical society together decided that it would be great to put on this tremendous centennial. And there, it lasted practically all week. And there was a pioneer village off Columbia Avenue down here. It was east of this area, and they could come in, and heavens had been built of different eras, and I mean different styles of, of pioneer life. They, the school and the the, um, the way to make uh, maple syrup and how to make sorghum molasses and uh, how to uh, use candle holes and how to dip candles and they had all of these demonstrations such as nowadays or at Greenville Village and occasionally at Kimball House. But um, this was all set up specially for that week. And then there was a parade beyond really giving the whole history of the last century. And it was a tremendous thing. And they borrowed oxen, a yoke of oxen from all over, and had many, many of the wagons drawn by oxen. 
sung by big horses. Um, it was, um, it really was an educational demonstration. And there are lots of pictures of it. And um, one of the news companies sent, uh, sent their, one of their crews here to get pictures. And so the recording is a little bit uh, choppy and old, and I did my best to clean it up so you could hear what she was talking about. But you can also hear the passion in her voice and the sheer joy that she took in discovering and learning about history. And it comes across strongly in her diction when she's telling the story. And you can really feel that this woman knows what she's talking about, and she has a very good grasp on how to tell the story to the listener. And I really hope that there are more recordings of her, and if there are, I may have to do some more episodes with some of her recordings. But I just wanted to share that with you. This is one of the recordings I know is available at the Willard Library, and like I said before, I will put the link in the show notes of where you can listen to the full interview if you're interested. But that's going to do it for today's journey through history. I hope you enjoyed it hearing a little bit about the life of Bernice Bryant Lowe. If you enjoyed the episode, please be sure to hit the like or review or rating or whatever app that you're on, uh, you're listening on out there. It always helps for me to reach new listeners if you take a moment to do that. And just tell everybody else out there what you think about the podcast. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you can always find me at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. And we've got a couple of great events coming up in the near future at the Battle Creek Regional History Museum that are kind of exciting. Uh, The History of Michigan Train Robberies, and that's being put on by the Steam Railroading Institute out of Owasso, and that should be a lot of fun. That's going to happen on September 16th, and it is a Saturday, and it'll be from 2 to 4, and you can find tickets for that at the Battle Creek Regional History Museum's link on Eventbrite, which is bcrhm.eventbrite.com, or you can go to the Battle Creek Regional History Museum website at bcrhm.org and follow the links from there. There's also another event with my good friend Bobby Mathis. She's going to be holding an event at the museum on October 7th, and this is just getting released on Friday when you're hearing this podcast episode. You're going to want to rush out and get tickets for that. It's called Tombstone Preservation, Restoration, and Symbology. And she's going to be speaking at that event along with two of her colleagues that do a lot of cemetery restoration, uh, Andrea Chamberlain and Andrew Nolan. Andrew has been on my podcast as a guest before. So it's going to be very exciting to have the three of them talking about this fascinating subject at the museum. And so tickets are available at the same link I mentioned before. You can also find out information about it at the Battle Creek Regional History Museum website. Once again, that's bcrhm.org. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past, thank you for listening.